0: but
1: um. we are should be like yep we're live-ish now and we're live uh. sorry snuck that one in on you guys yes mm, you did mm. anyway
0: i'll text you guys later okay maybe not fair enough hopefully
1: oh hope you do
0: had a good shoulder workout this morning nice yeah got some uh you know people don't get the rear delts in enough i feel like
2: yeah yeah, yeah. you're right
0: so we actually started with the rear delt just to make sure, make sure it was there. Um, we did some, uh, we did some overhead presses mixed with some pull-ups and in between the pull-ups did some, uh, bent over, uh, like lateral, lateral raises, you know, just to get, okay. get those suckers firing. Uh, it's amazing how much a difference of just a couple LBs makes when you're doing pull-ups because I was rocking on some pull-ups maybe last week. And this week I'm up a little bit and pounded cause I've been eating some food and, uh, makes them more difficult, makes them harder, but got a good workout in. And, um, I feel like shoulders, let me see shoulders. I think shoulders and like specifically like leg extension are like the two things that like burn the worst in the gym. You can get the pecs going pretty good and get them popping, You can get like a lap pump, a trap pump Mm -hmm. calves. You can get kind of pumped up. Hamstrings are hard to feel. It's hard to get, you know, other things really like blown
2: up your lower back. Abs, I guess abs. You can you can burn your abs really good. Mm-hmm. How about your arms, like I feel like I get the yeah. worst arm pumps. As in, they're the best, but yeah. they just burn. Yeah, you can get your arms burning, but I feel like the shoulder. I feel like the shoulder
0: and the quad pump that you get from like a leg extension is like painful, mm. and like you you like wish that you weren't you for a few minutes. I agree. And and the shoulders for me, maybe it's just because my shoulders like maybe a little messed up or something, but like, it makes me like cringe and like want to like hug myself. Like my arms (laughs) (laughs) fucking hurt so bad. I'm just like, eh, it feels, it just feels uh, excruciating. And then you're just using like the lightest fucking weights too, especially for like, you know, lateral raise or something like that. You're just like, man, it's starting to get embarrassing. Yeah.
2: I can agree with that. I still think the arms above, like for me, it's the biceps mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. like I can get a pump there, like nothing, and then that pump will just be like when we did the Chef Rush thing. Yeah. Oh my that god! Was great for a week. I felt the same thing in my arms. Like yeah. for a week, they were it's stimulated. A lot of tension in the arms. Just, oh, just a lot of tension in the arms and the chest. God, Chef Rush. Yeah, he killed us. He did. How
0: about the leg extension though? Like, what? It? Why? The leg extension mm-hmm. feels like
2: somebody's ripping your quads apart Mm -hmm. yeah those are good i don't do leg extensions anymore. oh yeah your
0: knee yeah your knee my knee is not
2: allowing me to extend that but when i did do leg extensions um they were quite a a burner i think for me lunges are the equivalent like dumbbell Mm, walking lunges or barbell lunges like those (laughs) i honestly think they were even above leg extensions when i was doing a lot of leg extensions Mm. you could uh you could it's kind of hard from a squat you know, like unless you just know
0: how to squat really well, kind of hard just to get your legs blown out just from squats. Although the next day your legs are sore no matter what from squats. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how that works.
1: The uh, the leg extension def for for me is the most um, like like oh I'm gonna feel that later. Like <laughs> like if I if I'm not I don't know what it is when I when I do any kind of leg extension or if it's incorporated in the workout. my legs cramp up really bad Mm. i know that that there's more involved than just the workout like you know obviously hydration and stuff but it just seems like no matter what i do like i like we'll podcast and i'll stand up and it's like i dude my quad will just start going crazy and it's Mm. like that only happens with the leg extension yeah um other than that like it's been a long time since i like had a calf workout but calves for me, are, remain the most sorest. Sorest? Oh, they can... Yeah, if your calves get sore... Like, and then you can't even... Like, you can't no, stand up straight. You can't like, do shit like, with sore fall, calves. Like, yeah, you literally, like, will just fall forward or backwards because you can't balance yourself. <laughs> for <laughs> me, me,
2: that's a very satisfying feeling for the calves. Like,
1: I like that mm. when it comes to the calves. Yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah, I think we all kind of, like, a, we appreciate the soreness, but, mm-hmm. like, man, a calf... Fuck, dude, that shit hurts. The calves too. I forgot about how bad you can get a crazy pump
0: in your calves, <laughs> yeah. especially with like the seated calf. Like, yeah, woo, yeah, and that's like, a smoker right there. That uh, thing's just like it feels like they're on fire. What
1: about when you're working your abs and you you get like that spasm? Oh yeah, and you think you're just done? You spasm? Yeah. yeah, like. You you get you like think a, you
0: need to get in that yoga stretch, mm-hmm. flip over, and it's
1: you know. almost like you're cramping. Like I guess it, is, it does feel like a cramp because mm-hmm. it's a spasm, but it's like you just you feel like I like I just pulled something or I this one's permanent. Like yeah. I, I fucked it. Like I I messed it up for reals. But then yeah, you like breathe a little bit and you're you're good to go.
0: You guys ever play a sport where they just take you through ab stuff? Like I like I used to do that with boxing and then also with football.
1: Oh, the only thing was Muay Thai. Um, at the end of every session we would just fuck like So this. why is it you never
0: get any better you never make any progress with never, your stomach <laughs> Never, never You do like those bicycle things like where you you know you go one side you know back and forth with the elbow deal mm-hmm. and, and <laughs> instantly like 8 seconds goes by and your stomach's on fire
2: Yep That that reminds me of 8 minute abs Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I did that as a teenager like yeah. every single day did you guys ever do that, oh, that. Yeah. Oh,
1: Absolutely Yeah I used yeah. to
0: I used to do crunches all the time and stuff I used to do like a thousand crunches. Like yeah. I would just sit there and, you know, count like hundreds of them at a time. I did
1: eight minute abs <laughs> and, uh, ab ripper X mm. P90X.
2: Yes. I did that too. Dude, that I had the P90X so videos and the ones from Shanti Insanity. I used to do insanity in You guys in my used garage. to hit
0: pushups uh, during commercials and stuff when you were a kid. I used to do that a lot.
1: No, I was lazy. Uh,
2: a little bit. Not, yeah. not nearly as much as you That's did. That's good. Probably. Yeah. Uh, bit. in the previous
1: podcast, we were just talking about LimeWire wire. I downloaded Ab Ripper
2: X from I uh, probably LimeWire. Actually, I think I did the same. That's where I. <laughs> that, that's where I got it. Yeah. Yeah. I Ab Ripper X. Yep. Yeah. You know that guy from P9DX? I wonder if he still makes those videos. Same if thing with Sean
1: T. Sean T. Yeah, no, Sean T is definitely around. Okay. Uh, my fiance, she does all the beach body stuff. She's uh-huh. like a beach body coach, and yeah, like they. Yeah, he's he's around. Sean T's yep. yeah,
2: yeah, he's still killing it. Hey man, I think he like yeah, I, doing his videos when I was younger. I like I got really lean. You know, I Mm -hmm. got to say, Sean T taught me a lot about, I guess, just movement, cardio, cardio Mm -hmm. you can do in your garage. Mm. They were really like that. That's really valuable stuff for some people. It's, you know?
1: Yeah. uh, I mean, my fiance, like I said, she does it every morning. Yeah. Like she just did. She just completed a hundred days in a row. Like it was part of one of the programs. Mm -hmm. It was like, it's called uh, B B100 or something like that. Yeah where like she had like a whole calendar and like every day she would like, you know, go check it off. Mm -hmm. And she did a hundred of them in a row. Yeah. Like you realize like you're almost one third through the year and you did Mm -hmm. not miss one day. Like I understand their, their home workouts. So people can say what they want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can't, I
2: looked at it and I'm like, I wouldn't do that shit. That looks hard. Mm. Insanity was hard. Have you ever done anything like that or just nah? You've just been the gym. No. <laughs> I, I feel it man yeah, i feel yeah. it i was mostly in the gym too, but i will say when i did those like insanity workouts and i think he had insanity 2.0 at a certain point i think i was like 18 19 or mm, something man. like that that shit was tough like was you'd be hard, in a man. puddle of sweat afterwards it's not a joke yeah, brutal huh they really were yeah, yeah. anyway <laughs>
0: um do you feel like you need to be sore to make progress. Like my, le- my legs, by the way, are like sore to the touch. And they're sore like. To the touch? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like are they really- Yeah, like if you just went like that, like they hurt. Oh, wow. I want yeah. to touch. Um, but also like my legs are just like giving out. Because we did, we did, like uh, yesterday, we did leg extensions. And then we went right into leg press. And we used kind of short rest intervals. Like a surefire way to make sure that you're really fucking sore is just to not rest. You know, if you just have a really low rest period and you just keep going at it. Um, you're going to get really sore. What are some of your
2: thoughts on that? I think that, it, okay, so there, maybe I should break this into two things. I think number one, it depends on your goal. So if lifting is the main thing that you do in terms of fitness, right, you're not doing anything on the outside or anything else that you need to be prepared for. Um, I think you can be sore after your workout, but you can't be so sore that you can't hit the gym the next day or even the day after that and potentially do the same body part right so like maybe two days later um, you shouldn't be dysfunctional you shouldn't be dysfunctional like you should be able to hit your arms two days after doing an arm workout Mm -hmm. and still be able to do something with it or it shouldn't be something where you can only do a few reps you're like fuck my arms are like hurting right that means you've 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 overdone it (laughs) if you can't hit it until six or seven days later right Um, but i feel like a level of soreness is good and is necessary um But then there's also, like, if you're doing lifting and then you're doing another sport along with lifting, like maybe you're doing a martial art or you're doing something else, you need to make sure that whatever you're doing in the gym... Doesn't wreck you so much that you can't perform in your other sport, whether you're a football player, a basketball player, or a martial artist. Like your lifting shouldn't be so rough that you can't go perform in your sport. So that's too. Or but you can still feel kind of sore. Yeah. How do you, you know?
1: F- how do you find that level though? Like a uh, uh, you know somebody who's not as experienced like myself. I'm mm-hmm. just like, oh okay, I, I'm I want my abs, so I'm gonna I'm gonna crush this workout. And it's like I'm tired right now, like. No, I'm going to push even further. Mm-hmm. Like, and I I've been told by Mark many times. He's like, "Hey, you 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 go so much today. You're pulling from tomorrow's workout." So, but like, how do we know? Like,
0: well, you know, you, you first of all, you need rest intervals. You know, so like, if you if you're going to use a low amount of rest intervals, then you need to do a low amount of sets probably, and and you need to be cautious with what the intensity looks like. Like, if you're going to go to failure and have, uh, let's say, 30 seconds rest, or even like a minute rest, and you're going to go to failure, then like two sets, you know? That third set, that's going to be the one that gets you really sore. And if you do three sets like that on three different things, now you're going to be really sore. So that's where you have to just pay attention to the overall amount of work that you're doing. And then also you could just simply make things a little easier on yourself and have a little bit more rest. If you're trying to get real lean, it might be advantageous to have a short rest period. And then now from there, you'll have to just be like, Hey, you know, I don't really need to achieve failure, uh, on these sets, but I do need to work hard. And so maybe you use a kind of old school training method, which is light, medium, heavy. Let's say you're doing, um, let's say you're doing some dumbbell presses, uh, some like seated dumbbell presses, I'll maybe go with the 40s on set number one, maybe go to 55 on set number two, and maybe go to 65, 70 on set number three, but set number three is the is the set. Mm. Then move on to something else, and you did three sets, but you only did one set that was really hard. You're not going to get sore from that, even if you did uh, a few extra exercises or even if you decided you wanted to superset that first set. You, you should uh, feel
2: some level of soreness, but not debilitated. Yeah, and as far as failure is concerned, I think that a good concept for people to think about is putting that more towards the end of a workout. Um, and the reason why I say that is because if you're doing, let's say you're doing an arm day, right? And you maybe do some bicep curls first, and your next set is like a cable bicep curl, but you, you know, you do a set to failure. What failure does is it 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 activates so much of that muscle that it's just so fatiguing that your next set you will automatically do less amount of reps because you fatigue that muscle so much during this specific set. And then your volume will just continue to trail down during your workout. But if instead you didn't go to failure and you still did a good amount of reps where maybe you're one or two reps shy and you save that failure for the end of your workout. Overall, in terms of the whole workout, you'll have more training volume that you've been able to accumulate while still being able to use the benefits of failure towards the end. Um, I think that's one good thing to think about. And then the second thing that I think a lot of people can do that will allow them to fly, find their volume. I guess that you were talking about, Andrew is to write down your workout and write down maybe the loads that you were using. Cause I think one reason why a lot of people don't make progress and then they start making progress when they work with somebody is because when they work with somebody, everything's now written down and there's a plan. Mm. That's the only thing <laughs> like that's, that's legit it. You're now writing things down, you're writing down your weights and you have a plan of progression. But the only reason it doesn't work for you right now is because you're not writing it down. You're going with the flow. You're not writing down what weights you're using. And you're just going by how you're feeling every day, not by how you did last week or a few days ago on the same workout. But if you now wrote everything down, you, you know where you can progress. You know that, oh, God, I did this this day. And today I'm feeling like crap. Maybe I need to reduce my sets a little bit so that I can do this workout and, and still progress in my next few days. Mm-hmm. Simply writing things down will probably help you to get to that next yeah. level. Can, like, you, seriously. Uh,
1: can you break down? Cause like the, uh, the workout I showed you, I did on Monday, you were explaining about like progressive overload, like cause like over time, yeah. can you, can you break that one down for me one more time?
2: Okay. Progressive overload is, it's a really, really simple concept. Think about just all you're trying to do is let's say you're working with some amount of training volume and training volume is let's use a squat. Sets times rep sets. Let's say you did five by five at 135. Let's say that the next week you want to do five by five at 145. That's progressive overload. You have now increased the amount of overall training volume you're working with next week. Okay. Um, it can get more complex than that, but that's the gist. Over time of your training life or whatever, you want to be able to work with more training volume than you were last year, last month, last week. Um, now, if you're not writing those things down, or if you're not tracking that, most people will go by how they feel on that day. Mm-hmm. So you'll see a lot in powerlifting. I feel strong today. I'm going to go for a two rep max. The next two days later, I'm feeling kind of weak today. I'm going to do this. I'm feeling kind of weak today. I'm going to do this. I feel strong today. I'm going to do this. But there's no like actual progression they're aiming for. And they beat themselves so much one day that they can't progress the next day. So it gets tough. You know what I mean? So so that's all it is. When I was telling, what I was talking about with you is you told me about your workout. And I was like, just make sure that like you write the amount of weight you did on these movements down, the amount of sets you did. So that if you want to come back to this workout, you can try to improve on what you did on the workout before. And you're not potentially doing less than what you did in that workout. Got it. You know, that okay. that's that's all. Yeah.
1: Because the workout that I had did was like a, uh, uh they call it like pyramid sets or whatever. So mm-hmm. like. Uh, high reps at lightweight, and then I ended up doing less reps at you know. I just progressed a little bit heavier each time, and it was fun because like yeah, that was a good shoulder workout. And getting to that you mentioned it, Mark, yeah, but it was, there was nowhere to hide after a little bit. You know, the yeah. burn just wouldn't go away. And then I was you know showing showing in Sima what it was what I was doing, and then he explained the progressive overload, and I was like, oh, okay, now it makes sense.
2: It's super. It's not complex. Just make sure that again, just write things down a bit. Mm-hmm just make sure that you can progress off of that later on so that you're getting pretty much, you're just trying to get better. Right.
0: Yeah. And then like things like a pyramid or any of those things, um, they're really hard to make any sense of. They, they are the opposite of what he just described. They, um, are using higher reps earlier in the workout. And it's like, if we wanted just to kill in SEMA, we'd say, let's have you squat. And we'd start with four Oh five. And just say, as many reps as you can. And then we're going to 315, as many reps as you can. Then we're going to 225, as many reps as you can. And then 135. And then it's like, from there, it's like, could you even have a workout? It's like, no, there's, there's definitely no reason to progress to any other exercise. It's like, you're done. So if you're going to do something really awful, and you're going to have it in the beginning, um, then you might need to kind of rethink, like, what's the point of your workout? If the point of your workout is to kind of improve some mental toughness and that's okay. You know, maybe you do some really harsh sprints that just crush your lungs. And then now you're trying to, you know, uh, do walking lunges and squats and these kinds of things. And if you're trying just to see how like tough you are for, you know, how you're going to feel the next couple days and you want to just to, you know, level the shit out of yourself, then that's kind of different. But if you have a goal to be like bigger or stronger then you might want to lift in a more systematic way. And usually from what I've seen, usually the answer is as in was saying, you're going to lift heavier earlier in your workout. Obviously you're going to warm up, do whatever you need to do to warm up, get yourself warmed up, get yourself ready for the weight. You're probably going to be doing one to five reps on exercise. Number one, if you're training for strength, If you are more into bodybuilding, you might be more in like a 6 to 10 range. But after you get done with the first, uh, you should always have an intent of every workout that you ever do. The intent could be that you're trying to be in better shape, trying to move faster, trying to move better. I mean, there's a lot of things you could do. Trying just to get hypertrophy, whatever the goal is, you should have an intent and a goal in mind. And then from there, you can kind of break down how many reps, how many sets of different things you're going to do. But as the workout progresses, you're going to do higher and higher reps because the amount of fatigue and the amount of central nervous system stimulation is now kind of running its course. You're sort of at the end and really all you have to rely on is your muscular strength. Your nervous system is getting demolished at that point and you probably already did a few sets of five, a few sets of six to eight and now would be a great time to. Yeah, throw in a set of uh, lat pull downs for twelve to fifteen reps, mix, super set it with a seated row. That's a great. That's a great way to leave the gym. Mm-hmm. Great way to get a good pump going and a great way to get in some, uh, you know, more time under tension. But to start a workout that way, you can start workouts that way, uh, but just understand it's going to make you weaker for the stuff that you're about to do. And our intention isn't always to lift the most amount of weight. Not all the time, but most of the time, that is the intention because that's going to give
2: us a great stimulus. Yeah, And I think there is honestly there's some merit to just destroying yourself. I, I really do actually like that sometimes. Like one of and that's what we did with legs the other day. We are just like, hey, let's just fuck ourselves up. Fuck, let's just yeah, let's <laughs> let's fuck ourselves up. Yeah, I, like in those workouts that I've done with you guys, just like the cardio ones and the like. After that, I'm just like. I'm kind of fucked for a day or two, but this was awesome. (laughs) Like (laughs) sometimes you want to do that, you know, can't have everything be boring all the time. Yeah. And sometimes the progressive overload stuff can be, can be kind of boring. (laughs) It can get monotonous. It really can. But like to make progress over a long period of time, you want to, you know, you want to plan things out. You want to write it down. You want to, have an idea of where you can progress next week based off of where you were the week before. And I think one thing that I found of, of a trend that most people, a lot of people still don't do is they still don't have like deload weeks. Mm-hmm. Like they really don't. Like right. I, I've, I've I've asked lifters like, how long has it been since you've, how long ago did you take a deload? Oh, what's a deload? Uh, just a, a week where you go a little bit lighter than you usually do. I've never done that. Mm-hmm. And and then they're like, but, I, but the, the premise is that they say that they've plateaued, right? Right. You haven't plateaued, you just never had a break.
0: <laughs> yeah, you never yeah, you never you never rested. And again, it depends on what kind, what style of training you're doing. Like if you have been doing bodybuilding for a long time, maybe it's just time for a switch. Maybe you train 4 days a week and maybe it would be good for you to take a couple days off. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, maybe it'd be good for you to switch to 3 days a week just to just for like 2 weeks. You can go right back to it, you know. You don't need to get too uh, worried or concerned that you're gonna like deflate. You'll actually probably get bigger. Mm-hmm. You take that little bit of time off. It'll probably, you know, spend some time doing something else. You know, walk more, ride your bike more, find some other uh, activity. We just saw a picture of Mark Sisson, and he looks jacked as fuck. And I was like oh, thinking, God. like, what has he been doing? And actually, he said that he's been lifting a lot less and has a lot <laughs> less time for regular exercise. And he said that he was playing uh, ultimate frisbee a little bit more. He's been fat biking, which is just a big fat bike on the beach, the fat bike tires. I think that's what he, he wrote something about that. You ever see the bikes with the mm-hmm. big, oh. big wide tires that you ride on the beach?
1: They're impossible. It's like so hard to ride. It's like it kills you. Really? Yeah, they're tough. Damn. It, it looks them. a lot of fun. Like It looks like it would be a lot of fun.
2: Can we just acknowledge that this man's body looks like he's 25? Yeah, 66 years old and he's fucking Damn. jacked. Like. This is possible, people. You can do it. Primal Kitchen.
0: He sold Primal Kitchen for big time, big time dough. He wrote the Primal Blueprint, um, big part of the paleo movement as
1: well, along with Rob Wolf. And just a brilliant guy. Just the sheer definition of Jacked and Tan, right? Jacked and
2: Tan, meathead millionaire. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: because Jacked and Tan means like everything. This guy has it all. Fuck. And he writes paddle boards just like me. So I'm on my Uh way. Here we go. Yeah, he's in.
0: Uh, he's in great shape. He's a good example. But like, like we're saying, is like you, you know, just fucking take a break. You know, get get some time away. And I think sometimes people see someone like myself training like a madman. But my training is so different all the time. Like, I don't necessarily need like a load deload because there may be uh, a week where I'm traveling and doing something, and yeah. maybe all I, Maybe all I'll do during that week is is pretty much walk. You know. Uh, or do some, some sort of cardiovascular training or just some pushups or something. So I end up having uh, some like automatic deloads in there, but you know, anybody's trying to figure some of this out. Um, there's a lot of great places to go, but um, I think a great book for everyone to check out is five, three, one from Jim Wendler, which is not traditional. Uh, you know, it, it might, might confuse matters even more cause it's not what we're talking about here. It's not periodization. But what Jim Wendler really does a good job is he sets you up for success and he tells you like, you know, you're going to do these, these reps of five, but they're not at 108%. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're going to be at like 85%, like make them a technical limit is a good rule for people to understand and to learn. And so, you know, should you take your reps to failure? You should probably take most of your reps in the gym to like about a technical limit meaning like you start to sway, you start to, now if you're going to do that on your way out of the gym, the last couple reps and you're curling, who really cares? But if if the majority of your workout is made up of poor technique, uh, maybe that's not in your best interest to lift that way. So yeah. think think about technical limit. Allow your muscles to do the lift
2: correctly the right way. Yeah, I think... um. That's a big strength of conjugate too, though, uh, because you're not always increasing. Like from what I've heard from like Jesse, it's not always a constant high. You know, intensity. Intensity being like you're not always working with heavy loads. It's not always high volume. There's a quite a bit of variability, and that idea of variability is something that I think is is really cool about it because. I mean, what I've found is that when a lifter has been doing a squat bench and deadlift for multiple months on end, even if, you know, you, you've been structuring it and you've been taking deload weeks, et cetera, there's just a point where things just really start to stall. And that's a really good place to switch things up. Maybe do some front squats or do an opposite deadlift, conventional or do something. And when you take time off of those movements, when the lifter comes back to it, boom, it's like. It's revitalizing. There's new uh, like levels of strength that are reached because they took time off mm-hmm. of it. But the cool thing about conjugate is that you guys are there, or conjugate people that follow that are always doing different things right. on a week-to-week basis. You know, They're always like, what's his name? <sighs> Jeremy Avia isn't always sumo deadlifting. He right. does a lot of conventional. He does a lot of banded conventional. He mm-hmm. does deficit pulls. He's always doing that. And some people would be like, oh, it's not specific enough. But when he comes back to his sumo deadlift, He's now filled in all these little holes that the deficit, the band did, all these things have filled now that he has now that he's a stronger sumo deadlift. So there's strength to that, too. It, it makes a lot of sense. I think a lot of people um, shit on conjugate because of that for some reason. But it like, no, it's just it, it works. You know,
0: you're also not always going to be like you don't just automatically get better at stuff. Like if you want to be better at something, then you're going to have to be more meticulous about it. You have to pay more attention to it. And also I really think it just depends on some goals. Like you don't have to really lift better or lift. Well, you certainly don't have to lift more just to be better. You can Mm -hmm. still be better off by like, let's say you said, you know, you should be able to handle more work over a period of time. So let's say that you, um, you know, squat 500 pounds and, uh, you squat 500, you do some assistance work, yada, yada. And then you move on and and then you want to do some other type of training. Well, now maybe you do uh, three sets of five with four or five. That's what you did for the day. Then you did some leg presses. Then you did some leg curls. And then maybe you walked with the sled. And in between walking with the sled, you did some like lunges. Those are just two very different workouts. And you could still be making a lot of progress. And maybe those maybe your uh, top set squat isn't as high as it was, but now you have a different work capacity because you're trying something new. Mm-hmm. And if we're talking about your aesthetics and the way that you look, it, it really, you know, and I hate to say it too, but I, I believe this for sport. I, I believe the only place where this uh, is, is not relevant is to an in-season powerlifter who's like ready to compete. Otherwise, I don't think you need to have your brain wrapped around lifting more all the time. Um, you're going to want to work on that for periods of time for specific reasons. And I just had a great conversation with Josh Setlitch about this. You know, he, he was, uh, you know, he built up his strength for a little while. Now he's doing some more conjugate type stuff. He's doing some speed squats. He's doing some max effort work. But is it really going to matter that much? when he goes for a double leg takedown on someone or when he tries something specific in jujitsu, whether he did a safety squat bar box squat or if he did a regular squat with his feet in close together in Olympic lifting shoes, it's not really going to matter. What matters is that he's working from different angles. He's working on stuff in different ways. So one week he works with a wide stance next week. He works with a closed stance. Um, I'm not going to say that, I just my my point is, is that neither way is going to really matter that much when it comes to the transfer over into his sport. Mm-hmm. What's going to matter is that he's trying to work on making himself a better athlete. He's working on his conditioning. He's working on his strength, but he's not specifically sitting there, you know, super concerned about like if I squat five hundred and thirty eight pounds that's going to allow me to
2: tap out and SEMA because that's not, that doesn't work that way, right? Yeah, it doesn't work that way. There's, and like what I, I feel like when it comes to, I guess, that and sport, uh, possibilities are like honestly limitless. It, they, they really are. Like, there are, I guess, big concepts that you want to have in line. One big concept is that like maybe you just want to get strong with each body part. You want to maybe move through larger ranges of motion so you don't really have an area where you're weak in terms of pushing or. Mm-hmm pulling or whatever. But outside of that, like the gym is the playground, like, and also maybe you just want to get stronger with these movements over time. Okay. Big concept. But yeah, again, other than that, it, it it's, it's not going to make a difference. You doing a lot of maybe back squats versus doing some front squats. Like you're still going to be squatting. You're still going to build a glute quadricep hamstring strength. Um, maybe the only difference is you're stronger than one than the other, but then you can build the weaker one.
0: And we're also referring to people that are already trained. So just so people don't get it twisted up, like yeah. we're not talking about you shaking and, and looking like you're going to crumble and fall through the ground with 135 pounds, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. if that's the case, then you, you better you know work on getting fucking stronger. You're going to get crushed in whatever sport you're in. Yeah. And if you simply just work on your squats, and again, I don't know how much it would matter what style you chose. You just need to spend a lot more time in the gym uh, so you can get used to some of these weights. So hopefully you can start to progress to 185 and 225 and at least be like, you know, another point here is that uh, where Josh Settlidge strength is compared to other people at jujitsu. It doesn't matter when you're talking about in SEMA's strength versus the weakest guy there. What what matters is that the the people that are like in between that they try to somehow close the gap a little bit. They don't have to pull seven fifty-five. They don't have to, you know, squat six hundred pounds. But if they only squat one thirty-five, they're going to get killed. Hopefully, everyone's understanding what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's just like you need some substance of strength. And with your instructor, I'm sure he's not—he's uh, more advanced than you in jujitsu, uh, but he doesn't have your strength background. And so, now if he gets stronger your eyes just lit up. If he gets stronger, right? Like now shit, man. Like what let's just say he let's just say he started training really hard. Let's say he he walked out of jiu-jitsu and he's like, I'm gonna go train. And he trained for a while, kept his mobility and gained like six or eight pounds. Well now you really got a lot of problems, right?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now really you're really
0: is. gonna get jacked up because he knows the game so well. And so, you know, you don't wanna have this huge uh gap between you and everybody else uh, that you're trying to, um, you know, the, the sport that you're trying to play. You don't want to be, you know, only lifting like, you know, 135 pounds. You're going to have to work on your strength. Um, but what I'm saying is like what you do isn't going to matter as much as you finding something and being consistent with it, mm-hmm. sticking to it and just working on getting stronger. Whether you do a box squat or a safety squat, bar squat or a regular squat, good mornings or front squats it's not really going to
1: make that big a difference at least from things i've seen over the years you guys keep going down the strength road if you guys want but does all of this change if you're going specifically for aesthetics
0: Mm. Uh, well so like aesthetics i think aesthetics the main thing is food
2: yeah, that.
0: Uh, I mean, there's some stuff to your training, but so like what we did with you, for example, like you, a, lot, a long time ago, you're like, I should get some abs. And I was like, you should you should actually work on being more jacked. Like <laughs> you should be bigger because like, there's nothing to really cut from yet. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wish you weighed more. Like, let's get you to weigh more because if you don't start with about a 200 pound frame, you're going to look like a wet noodle at the end of this whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, let's start with a little bit of a base and Andrew is around six foot or so, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it would depend on your height and stuff. But like when you're talking about aesthetics, your your training could be, if you wanted to have like a more powerful look, you would want to do some powerlifting. lifting. If uh, you wanted to, um, there's actually like, it's, it's kind of like a meme, I guess. There's like, a, it shows like a power lifter, you know, trains squat, bench, and deadlift, right? And then it shows a bodybuilder does like specific movements. They have like a bro split. For and every then single it, muscle group. Yeah, for every single muscle group. And then there's one for like physique athletes. And that one's that they train every, they train full
2: body every day or, or full body three times a week or something like that, right? Something like that? May, is, it's a meme, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, there is one for Crossfitters, right? Or something. Right? Right? Yeah, yeah. I know what you are talking. And about. And it
0: shows the different body types, but it's actually very accurate. It's like kind of supposed to be fun and funny, but it's actually also very accurate. It shows you, you know, the bro split, where you spend a lot of time on the aesthetics and trying to bring out the lats and the biceps and shoulders. It's probably going to be your best bet when you are trying to have an aesthetic look. However, if you don't really have much of a, you don't really have much muscle mass on you, and you don't really have any strength. You may want to start in. I mean, most of these bodybuilders too. A lot of times, are like,
2: "Oh yeah, I used to powerlift." Yeah, mm. that that does happen. But you know, the thing is that you also see is a lot of powerlifters start as bodybuilders. A lot of really good mm. powerlifters start as bodybuilders. Bryce Lewis, Russell Orhi. Uh, I could probably go on Instagram and find a bunch that started off with bodybuilding. I mm-hmm. mean, they had that base of muscle to get stronger with. Um, I think that yes, it does matter for aesthetics. Everything we've talked about because. If you want to look good aesthetically, yeah, you want to be lean, but you don't want to be a lean noodle. I think like you just mentioned, you don't want to be lean and small. So if you want to build muscle, you got to the concept of progressive overload still reigns true. You got to get stronger with the loads you're working with. You got to work with those over time and actually having structure makes that happen even faster. But I mean, you've seen this before the guys that look the same in the gym every single year and they're just kind of doing the same things all the time. You don't see them getting any stronger. And because you don't see them getting as stronger, they're not really getting any bigger. Mm -hmm. So a lot of like really good bodybuilders, a lot of really good powerlifters that look really good have structure. Like that's honestly one of the big things, just having structure to what you do and you'll get bigger and stronger. Mm -hmm. One weird thing I think that happened. I'll, I'll make this short, but when I was focusing on bodybuilding for a long time, I got pretty big. But when I added a lot of strength training into the mix, like really doing big compound movements and focusing on progressing those two mm-hmm. along with pro- pro- progressing my smaller movements. For me, it's like I saw a spike in my weight gain mm. and it's like I saw a spike in everything. It's like I just got so much bigger and it, it was it was it was really different. And I think that. That can make a big difference in your training. No, I
0: think it's huge because that set you up for everything. Like the fact that you have more weight. Andrew and I were talking about this the other day. We were talking about you behind your back. Oh. But like <laughs> just the fact that you just your body weight alone, you know, is what makes people tease you about being natty. You're like two hundred and fifty pounds. It's rare to see someone single digit body fat that's like two hundred and fifty pounds. Yeah. But had you not explored powerlifting, you know, maybe you I mean, I know you've been bigger for a long time, but for some of these other people that are listening, you know, maybe they maybe they're not, not going to really ever get their true potential for growth unless they find what uh, exercises and what stimulus is gonna get them there. What stimulus is gonna help, you know, take them from 160 to 180 to 190. Maybe they're not gonna ever find it if they only bodybuild. Maybe they're not gonna find it if they only do like CrossFit. Maybe they need, you know, powerlifting. An interesting thing that if you get around, like bodybuilding is a weird thing because everyone is just like not in a category. They're like, I bodybuild. And that's actually not true. (laughs) Like you're not bodybuilding, you know? Um, I don't even really think that I've experienced that much of bodybuilding. Like I've only experienced what I know of bodybuilding. But to have like a coach or have someone who is really into bodybuilding, to do bodybuilding with, like the few times I worked out with Hani. Or the times I've worked out with like Michael O'Hearn, yeah. That is, like you're saying, like write stuff down and really pay attention to it. That is like getting coached on every rep of every set. That's kind of the way I, well, not kind of, that was the way I used to power lift. A- everything mattered. Every mm-hmm. set mattered. All the weights mattered. The warm-up mattered. Like everything was important and that's the reason why i don't train that way anymore because it would make it's like maddening you know makes you crazy but rather than you just doing an exercise now i'm like poking you on the chest like no no squeeze here squeeze here no no dude stop like what are you doing hold on let's lower the weight okay contract here no no all right you know what dude flex in a mirror we're gonna fl- yeah like that okay hold that for a minute okay now we're going back to this cable crossover all right right there yep okay it's that specific and it yeah. drives you fucking crazy yeah and so i think you know a lot of these people that are kind of like in between they haven't really experienced bodybuilding that much because bodybuilding real bodybuilding's hard it is it's like another i mean you have to you got to really go in deep upstairs to be able to
1: make it happen so so is, i guess this would be the Go back to the diet thing, but is there a deload week for bodybuilders? Or, yes, so what does that look
2: like? It's just literally if, if think about the way that I program it for people, it's literally if there is every exercise that you're doing, you do one less set, and then you take a look at the weights that you did the week before and you do lower load. So that means pretty much if you're doing, let's say, you're doing three sets usually, you now do two. Now, if you did 50 pounds last week, you'll do like 40 or 35 pounds, mm-hmm. two sets of 40, 40 pounds with that. Whatever you're doing is super easy. That's what it looks like. The whole week looks like that. Mm-hmm. And there are deload weeks for powerlifters, too, like like the weeks where you go easier on everything. A deload week is just going a little bit easier for the week so that you feel refreshed for multiple more weeks of progress. Mm-hmm. And but then yeah.
1: I remember Mark hearing about like, uh, how he would hear somebody else say that like, oh, it's like, I need a refeed day uh-huh. and he would get so frustrated cause he actually experienced a true refeed day when Hani was coaching him. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like really, <laughs> truly getting like
0: depleted <laughs> to where you're like, I, I can't really like concentrate or see so good or like, I can't sleep well. I can't, you know, you can't do anything well. you get to like these weird, you know, you get to these really weird things in bodybuilding. Yeah. Um. And then you had a refeed and felt like a million bucks Yeah well not only did you feel like a million bucks But your dick works the next day. <laughs> <minute. laughs> like you wake up fucking hard as a rock You're like holy shit alright Hey Andy where are you at you know? <laughs> Cause oh, I mean your shit God. gets so suppressed I mean it's, like uh, But crazy. that's how hard you're training yeah. You're training to the point Like dudes that are listening to this right now You're training so hard that you don't That's the last thing on your mind that's the last thing on your body's mind. Yeah, your
2: body just your, your no. dick doesn't matter. Yeah, anymore.
0: your girl's like, hey, and you're like, nah, not, <laughs> not not into it. Nah. need to go to. I need to go to sleep because I got a train in the morning.
2: <laughs> like you turn into such a pussy. Hey man, it's it's real. It's real. That's why. Like
0: my yeah. wife was like, okay, all right, we're, you know, we're done with this fucking body. body thing, right. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man. She's like, you're not
2: gonna do another show, right? <laughs> I said you well, well, I'm like, are you? Well, you're pretty lean right now. You're 227. When you said 227, I was like, what? Yeah, huh? Damn. Nah, yeah. I,
0: I, no, no plans on doing another. But
2: how how much did you weigh on stage?
0: 235. Um, but you know, I, you know, I'm on more shit then, and it's a little bit more calculated. And uh, and Seaman knows how it is. You know, as you're going into a show, it's very like we're talking about. It's very specific. So. Mm-hmm. It's like you're going to, you know, you're going to always look your best on stage. I yeah. mean, there's there's not going to be a lot of times in your life where you're going to be able to really compare um, as good a shape as you're in. You still looked more amazing when you were competing. Yeah. But the cool thing is I think either one of us can, you know, flip around and go and compete now and you know, in a couple of weeks mm-hmm. and look better than we have previously.
2: Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. And I definitely think like also, I mean, In my case, when I was on stage, I was like 228. You look
0: a lot leaner now than you do right there. And that's like, what, a year? I mean, that's.
2: How long ago is that? I I am leaner than that. It's about a year ago. Yeah, Yeah, a year ago. Yeah, I'm definitely leaner But you're fucking jacked there. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like,
0: we're we're looking at it and being like, oh, yeah, Yeah. he's he's thicker there. But like, you were lean then. Yeah. I mean, it's fucking cool. Yeah,
1: it really is. Look at your back, though. Damn, That's why I paused it. That's, damn. Yeah. He (laughs) must work. He must work.
0: He must work out. Did, did you miss that look? Um nah. I mean I know I know the amount of time it took, you yeah, know. Yeah. So nah, <laughs> nah. What what if you could detach? Like I, the like, I like I like I, I right now I'm like I don't know, 238 or 240 cuz I I I chubbed back up after I, I was mm-hmm. down really low. Yeah. And so I have a little bit of a little bit of fluff back on me. Just a water weight probably pretty mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. Um I think I can get that lean pretty quickly, yeah, you know, uh four weeks, six weeks, something like that, yeah
2: I think yeah it, it's 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 nice knowing like where we where we are now, like it wouldn't take long to get that lean, mm-hmm. you probably could get that lean in six weeks or shorter, like seriously, right. if you took it seriously, you could get that lean in six weeks, All I right. could probably get back to my stage weight,' probably take me like ten or mm-hmm. twelve weeks, right. But yeah, and looks, I would also yeah. use
0: some different strategy too. like I, I really liked uh, what honey set me up with and everything, but I, I would I would definitely use some intermittent fasting. Yes, Yeah, I would yeah. I would love to do it that way. And I think maybe like maybe if I was to try it again, maybe it would just be less uh, intrusive because I wouldn't I wouldn't eat, you know, six or seven times a day like that was the hard part. You know, my wife helped not help, but she cooked a lot of those meals, you know, mm-hmm. and so that was a pain in the ass and like, I don't know, it was just. I could do it in a way where it wouldn't be, it wouldn't impact as negatively because I certainly wouldn't bother with trying to do 90 minutes of cardio. Um, but that, that's what we, that's just what we were up against Mm -hmm. Yeah, at that
2: time. Yeah. It would be interesting. You did, you did some cardio for your shows, right? I did. Um, I think that if I prepped again, I probably I probably would be able to maintain doing jujitsu for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I was on the elliptical almost every single day. I chose the elliptical because it wasn't like taxing on my joints or whatever. And I'd be—I mean, I have the sheets still. I think I was doing like six hundred or seven hundred calories a day cardio, which would take me like maybe uh, an hour. A little bit less. And that was along with lifting too.
0: Have you ever messed around with uh intra workout carbs or anything like that?
2: <laughs> yeah, I used to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I used to have like like yeah, I've had like either a shake or something with me that I have in the middle of my workout. Um and I mean nowadays I really don't think it was that beneficial. Mm-hmm. Like Well, it's an extra thing. It's yeah, it's an extra thing. Like
0: It's it, an extra thing. And if it was if it rewarded you that much, you would still continue to do it regardless of whether you're bodybuilding or not, but the payoff isn't strong enough. But when you're bodybuilding, you're like, I need everything. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) You know, you're like, I need every advantage and everything possible. And it's Mm -hmm. like, I always felt with those like intra-workout shakes, I didn't know if it was the carbs, the aminos. I didn't know what it was. It definitely felt like just the fact that I was drinking something that had salt and potassium, you know, sodium and potassium in it. I think that was hugely beneficial, whether it was, a certain mixture of other things, you know, the carbs or the protein or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't really have an idea. I mean, I know that there's some science that shows that these things are supposed to be effective, but who studies it? Yeah, people that sell supplements.
2: Yeah, that that that's the thing. Um, I think that again, in the in the situation of prep, anything that just touched my lips was amazing. Yeah. Keep your minds clean, people. All right, food, food. Uh, any type of food that just like gave yeah. me something was just it was a godsend because I was so damn depleted and I You're was like, so those hungry those taste so good and other people are like what <laughs> right I'd make these nasty ass homemade pizzas on tortillas and be like this is a treat a gift from the gods yeah. <laughs> like-,
0: <laughs> like it's uh it's fucking mm-hmm. cheese and some. And uh, you microwaved it. Low
2: fat cheese. Oh, God. Low fat cheese mm. and like just like these lame ass pepperonis. I'm not Three allowed. Three pepperonis because I couldn't have
1: more than that. That's <laughs> like, funny. Am- I'm not even allowed to have that kind of cheese. Uh, you made a choice. And, uh, yeah. I'm, like, <laughs> I, I'm living with that choice and I'm, I'm liking it.
2: Yeah. But um, for now. Yeah. I think I could have, I, I think it could have done an, I could have done it in a more sustainable manner. Honestly, if I, if I did pick up fasting while doing that, I think my cravings would have been in line. I would have been able to handle that much better than I did. Cause I had a lot of binge sessions because I was craving mm. all these foods. Nowadays, if I did a prep, I feel like I could handle it without binging once. Yeah. Just so I have better food habits.
0: Uh, back to the kind of aesthetics deal, you know, like when you're doing, there might be certain movements in the gym. Like if you've been training for a little while that you may not, really need to worry about too much like you know a preacher curl on a machine or a shoulder press but if these are exercises or if there's a body part that you want to try to uh, bring up then that's where you're going to want to pay more attention so let's say you want to bring up your back well then it would be good to write down the weights that you're using for your bent over rows start out week one maybe doing you know four or five sets of 10 reps just to kind of get some work in maybe you use a plate And then maybe the next week, maybe you drop the reps down just a little bit and maybe you add whatever appropriate amount of weight for you would be. You go to 155 or 145, add a little bit of weight each week, bring the reps down a little bit. And the idea behind it is that because you're going to be handling more weight, you're going to be challenging yourself a little bit more each and every week because you're challenging yourself, you're recruiting more muscle fibers Over time, that will help make you bigger and over time that will help make you stronger. So that's kind of the idea behind it. It's pretty simple. You just try to do a little bit more weight. A lot of times with the more weight that you do, a lot of times we're dropping the reps down, but that doesn't always have to be the case. You can even do like a five by five and you can try to keep that amount of reps with with a given weight. I've done that before where you do, it's called a flat wave. You just keep the wave the same. It's just that it starts light enough, so you have room to move. Hopefully, that's making sense. So let's say, let's say you used one thirty-five in uh, in week one and did you know did uh, five sets of five. You just bump the weight up to one forty the next week. Do another five sets of five. Like these small incremental jumps in weight, trying to leave the uh, the sets and reps the same. You can even just go up a rep. So you can even say. I'm going to do 300 pounds on squats and, uh, you know, week one I'm going to do, uh, you know, I'm going to do a hard set of five. The next week you can say, I'm going to see if I can do six. You can do it that way or you can go in the other direction and go heavier and go with a uh, slightly lower amount of reps. All depends on where the goals are at.
2: Honestly, if everybody just did like that, just structured it a little bit, everybody who's listening would get bigger. That's just a fact because I know a majority of people don't write down their workouts, Um, so you'll just grow there. But I think another thing um, that everyone who's listening to this podcast, like maybe they like bodybuilding more and they like doing, you know, your your bro splits. If you just increase your frequency from one to Mm -hmm. two times a week of doing each body part, my God, you will grow. I've seen that happen with people like that for most of their lives. We're just doing one body Mm -hmm. part a week. Boom, do two. Oh my gosh, I'm seeing new new stuff. Right. That it's it's so wild. Like and then for individuals that like for me, my triceps were a weaker body part for me to grow. For for a very long time, my triceps, they would be rough. Um, I went from <laughs> twice a week. <laughs> I went from twice a week to doing triceps four times a week. Now, granted, on those four sessions, maybe I wouldn't do I would Overall, the volume would be more than me doing two sessions of triceps, but not every single session was torching them so I could recover from session to session, and my triceps grew. So if you have a body part that you've been working out for years, and you're like, this body part just mm-hmm. chooses to be stubborn. I, they, my arms just won't grow. D- do them more frequently, but really try and control what you're doing in terms of volume. And if you, trust me, if you do that, they will grow more than you'd expect them to.
0: Yeah, and if you're doing 12 or 15 sets of workout, and you're really just demolishing it and you're doing it once a week you might want to back off a little bit on the amount of sets so that you can increase the frequency also like maybe your arms aren't growing and you train them three or four times a week maybe try to train them a little heavier try to train them with some different a different style of protocol mm. look at look at some different uh different styles of training and maybe cut the amount of times that you train in half cuz sometimes you just simply you know, and also too like if you're trying to be like thick, you're trying to be, you know, gain some size, you know, are you spending time on the elliptical? Are you running like a lot of times when you're new, you just don't know. You're like I need to burn up, I need to burn up some calories and burn some fat, so I'm going to like run. Mm. And some people go to the gym every day and they'll they'll run for 20 minutes before they start their training and it's like, dude, you're 19 years old and you're you're trying to you're you're training like an animal every day. Your nutrition's not supporting anything, and you're trying to like run away from or run off your fat, and it doesn't yeah. work. You know, these, these things are not; these things are all going to accumulate on your body, and that doesn't work that way.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that this this is where we get into weeds here, but that's that's true. That's true, and then obviously the nutrition's going to help with everything in terms of growing. But yeah.
0: What do you think was the biggest difference with your arms? You know, you said you increased to four days a week. Um, Did you try to train... Your arms heavier? Did you try to, you know, bodybuild with them? Do sets of 12?
2: Or what did you do? At days, two of the days, I was working much heavier loads. And I would have more compound movements on those days, like a close grip bench press, along with heavier tricep movements, which the max amount of reps I would do for any of those movements on those days would probably be 10. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two of the days, and it would be, it would kind of switch around. So it would be a heavy tricep day, very light tricep day. Heavy kind of heavy tricep day, not as heavy as day one and then a lighter day, but with a lot of reps where some of my my reps would go up to 20 at the very end of the workout. Some of them would go up to 25 Um, and that was set up that way so that I could be able to recover from session to session. Because if I did a heavy day (laughs) and then I did another heavy day after that, that you can't do a heavy day, heavy day, light day,
0: light day and your elbows are going to fall apart.
2: Your elbows would fall apart, Mm -hmm. too. So it was heavy, light. Moderate then the load was light, but the volume was a lot and I was doing a lot of reps back to a heavy day on day One and that helped me out a lot because like my biceps were fine Like my biceps never had a problem progressing or growing but my triceps like would just be these these stagnant Annoying pieces of meat on the back of my (laughs) arms
0: sometimes people just don't um, Think of training their arms the way that they train everything else and so sometimes just lowering the rep range, you know having it's okay to do a barbell curl for a set of three mm-hmm. you know, or even like a single rep max. I mean, it's not, it's okay to do them that way. The problem, the problem with those exercises, they don't lend themselves to be done that way very well. So then you have to like, just use a lot of body English and it starts to get really mm-hmm. weird. But, you know, having it in a lower rep range, uh, somewhere between four and eight reps is totally fine. Mm-hmm. Do some dumbbell hammer curls or, uh, do some incline curls. Um, you know, do, do some movements that are going to. You know, if you do like something like an incline curl, you're going to automatically use a lot less weight. Incline dumbbell curls, like, (laughs) you know, good luck using the 35 pound dumbbells. Those things are a bitch. But if you take, uh, you know, like a one arm preacher curl where where you have it like, uh, you know, with your thumb facing you like a hammer, hammer curl style. Those aren't as hard and you can use a little bit more weight. Or if you just do a regular uh, easy curl bar, you can handle some good weight. So start your exercise, start your workout off with things that lend themselves to you, you being able to use a good amount of weight. And then you can also, as the workout progresses, sets of 15 and sets of 20 are really perfect for something like a tricep push down where you have your body weight kind of over top of it. You're able to cheat. It's really low impact on the elbows. Um, but sets of 15 or 20 might not be great for um, skull crushers and things like that you Man, might know. you might want a uh you know lower rep range a little heavier weight and by the way if you have pain on any of these things find other exercises there's too many things to do in the gym there's so many options and so you might want to try to move into uh just utilizing some different exercises yeah. what,
1: what about um like tips for making the better connection for the mind muscle connection because yeah 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 because i know like if the the weight's light i can really flex and i can feel it and i it just is way better but are there is there anything else other than just going a little bit lighter and practicing a better form like i mean obviously better form is always going to be the goal but i don't know, did you guys find anything else when you're doing the bodybuilding stuff you can pre-exhaust that works great
0: you know you can you can uh you know find a movement um let's say let's say you have trouble tapping into like your biceps so you can do um some standing like reverse curls and then you can maybe do like a hammer curl and then maybe the third movement could be like a regular curl by the time you get to the regular curl with your palms facing up um your biceps are going to be uh pretty pretty damn activated and it should be really easy to get a pump after that so some you know, some sort of activation through another exercise can work really well. Let's say you have a hard time, you know, tapping into uh, the old pecs. Maybe you do a couple sets of, maybe you do a couple reps of push-ups, ten, 15, 20 reps of push-ups, and then you're like, you know what? Whenever I do a fly, I don't feel shit when I do a fly. Well, do push-ups beforehand and then try the fly. Mm-hmm. Sometimes exercises like flies don't ever feel great to people, so maybe you try a cable fly. Or maybe you try the pec deck, you know, you try different pieces, sometimes like just your body type just doesn't work great with certain, with certain things, but pre-exhausting the muscle will work really, really well. You know, maybe it's a side lateral before you go ahead and do a a overhead Mm -hmm. press.
1: Then I want to ask you about, uh, flexing also in between sets and whatnot, but, uh, real quick in regards to the fly, you know, I, I, whenever i do the cable crossovers and stuff you even said like you're there's no wrong way to do it except for how you're doing it mm-hmm. <laughs> and i'm like i can't yeah i can never get it for whatever reason i'll get it eventually but Inseema told me to do a uh, single arm mm-hmm. whatever the, those are called yeah those work pretty good holy shit those feel amazing i love them. those feel way better for me mm-hmm. than doing both you know cables whatever you want to call them but yeah I was well, you can away.
0: actually, well, so you can actually cross over, like it's a cable crossover. <laughs> right. Yeah, and yeah. You can't really cross, Yeah, you can't really cross over.
1: Well. But like, I was just like feeling, and Jessica will attest to this. You can feel wow. the back of my spine through my chest. Like there's <laughs> nothing there. That's disgusting. But when doing the single arm <laughs> crossover, I was like, hey, there's a little something going on right there. Yeah. And you can like, you can. Yes. Yeah. 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 But uh, I did, I have heard you talk about flexing in between sets too. Like, yeah, flexing,
0: yeah, flexing in between sets is great. I think the first thing that people need to learn if they're trying to develop like some sort of mind-muscle connection is how to flex. Um, I actually think that anyone that's lifting weights needs to learn how to flex and pose at least a little bit. Cuz think about it, it doesn't make any sense. You're trying to train mm-hmm. your left bicep, but you have no idea how to flex it. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really make a lot of sense. And and same thing with like your rear delts and your triceps yeah. and all the like you should know how to flex these things. Yeah. The more that you know how to flex them, the easier it will be to kind of turn them on when you're actually doing the exercise. You'll be able to like almost like take your mind and to like dive into the muscle
1: and to be able to have that mind muscle connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard uh O'Hearn talk about like he actually imagines the fibers like being torn down and so like he actually like closes eyes and he sees it happening. Like, damn, that's that's sick. That's deep.
2: Yeah. So like nah. you, you were right. And once you said lighten the load, like when we were with Mike, what was he saying a lot of the time when we were doing some of these weird movements? Uh, let's lower that a little bit for you mm. because you can feel it better. So that's one big thing. But then um, not just flexing, but for example, with a cable bicep girl. Squeezing at the very top for ooh shit! Whew. Squeezing okay. at the very top. I'm, I'm serious. That just happened. Squeezing at the t- <laughs> that just happened. <laughs> <laughs> Squeezing at the top of the movement for like two or three seconds to allow yourself to actually feel what's going on at the top. Then bringing it back down. A lot of people when they're going through the motions in the gym, they're just bringing it up and down, and you don't feel shit. I, even I don't. But if I were to squeeze right here, like I feel right. that hold. Uh- Right. So having like two second holds or three second holds at the top of each movement and then controlling the eccentric of like a cable curl or something or a tricep push down or whatever, bring it up and then controlling the motion back can help you a lot to be able to see and feel what's going on. That can make a big difference Then one weird one. And it requires a training partner. Sometimes you can do it on your own, but mostly it works well with the partner is touching. Yes. So, for example, if um, you were doing some, you know, you're doing some cable rows and I just come up behind you and I, I just tap your lats a little bit. I just tap them. Tap them. A little taparoo. A little tap. Just tap, 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 tap. Tap your lat a little bit so that when you bring it back, you can feel what we're actually trying to work. Or maybe you're doing some uh, some rear delt face pulls with the rope and I just tap behind
1: your shoulder. Like Mike does? Just, exactly. Oh, Hearn.
2: Just if we had some smooth jazz music, this would be perfect. <laughs> I just stand here, I just tap. Tap, 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 mm. tap, tap. And like, and like being real. Okay, real talk. Back to it. You'll be able to actually activate that muscle group better, especially during like re- uh, face pulls or something where most people have problems feeling their rear delts. You'll be able to activate that muscle group better if someone's actually touching it because you're more aware of where it actually is. Like that's legit. So if you have a workout partner, you guys got to start touching each other. Real <laughs> like, Really? Really? You guys need to start touching each other. Start touching the, those chests. Start touching those legs. Just touch each other. It'll help you. It'll help your bro. Yeah. Touch it makes bros. a big difference. It does. I'm not even joking. Look,
1: there he goes. Oh, <whistles> He's trying to get the nip. He's trying yeah. to get the Nip slip. And the way he touches those a little bit different than I've.
2: Yeah, Mike likes to kind of caress the muscle. He, uses
1: that <laughs> middle he, finger he does a lot. the middle finger and he kind of like, he'll lazily throw it up. <laughs> Maybe he's not trying to take away from like whatever he's touching. <laughs> it's almost like he has like a wooden hand or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it does look It's like half like like
0: broken or something. Got all, all, <laughs> yeah, it's all stuck for some reason. Oh, man.
1: Like, why can't he move his fingers? I don't know. But yeah. He's Jack, so whatever. Yeah. yeah fuck him. <laughs> yeah, delete him off there. <laughs> we talk needs... about him too much anyways. Nobody needs to see that. Any hoot. What about anyway. drop sets? Yeah.
0: Yeah, fucking drop sets drop are great. Sets. Drop sets are awesome. Um you know, you could do those with free weight. You can do those on the machines. They're a little easier on the machine. Um, going from an exercise going from an exercise that like stretches. Um, to an exercise that doesn't works really good. So an example would be um, maybe you do like a seated row supersetted with like a pull-up, you know, something like that, or, or the other way around, you know, you do the pull-up first and then you do the seated row. I'm not sure why that kind of shit works really well, but you could also do something like a squat or like a leg curl mixed with like a lunge, you know, again, mm. you have a movement or, even better maybe is uh like a leg curl mixed with like a stiff leg deadlift. You just be mm. careful, man. Those things, will, that kind of stuff will make you really, really sore when you go back and forth. Because you got one thing that's pushing blood in and you got another thing that's stretching you at an, at another angle. And it's like, whoo, shit gets on fire really quick. Well, just
1: like what you had us doing the other day with mm-hmm. the, uh, the leg press. Yeah. Like we were leg pressing going crazy and then Mark's like, here, kneel down and, you know, stretch your everything out your quads and whatever and it your, was hard. your glutes and it yeah. it felt really cool because like i i don't really experience like a leg pump per se but mm-hmm. like when you stretch like that you just you feel like your skin is like at max capacity like it feels amazing
2: Have you ever tried doing bicep curls and then stretching your biceps between each set Shoot. in your rest periods It's hell that shit hurts It's great though
1: I was, I mean the way you're looking at me it worries me but like i'm down to do that that yeah. sounds like fun
2: Who's that guy? I think on YouTube he goes by Mad Dog something, but he's a famous bodybuilder. He's all about that stuff. Hmm. He, he his uh uh, uh Not Mountain Dog Mountain Dog oh Mountain Dog Mountain Dog yeah. Mountain Dog. He talks about that stuff a yeah. lot. He yeah. loves that. Yeah, he, he loves, loves, him loves him that. Ever. He has a really good explanation on like well, all the good stuff about it. But I've honestly forgotten. But it it's great. I hmm. think.
0: Uh, oh man, the name oh the name just eluded uh, me. I got him in my head. Um, Tom Platts. No. It's, Tom Platts was big on that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Back yeah. in the day. He would squat and then he would just fucking, like, like he'd get down on his knees and just like lay all the way back after a really hard set of like squats or leg, mm-hmm. leg extensions. Like how is he able to do that right after he just blew his legs up? But he, I mean, that guy squatted 500
2: for like 20-something reps. Yeah. Damn, really? Tom Platts is like the definition or like s- – I guess, he was you know, fucking crazy. He was a pure bodybuilder. He did, who did strength training, but he wasn't very good. Like, just because Tom Platz could squat five hundred for that many reps, doesn't necessarily mean that he could have squatted six hundred pounds. But he was really good at banging out reps. Mm-hmm. Like, he had that endurance. Yeah. So it's like the nature of the way you train. Like, just because you're a powerlifter who can squat eight hundred, you know, you might not be able to get to twenty Look reps. At his for, legs,
0: just
2: yeah. <laughs> what the ah. Uh, f- <laughs> What the hell?
0: Why do the bodybuilders always have their pants down around their ankles? Can't they just wear
2: shorts to show off their legs? (laughs) Well, you know, you can't wear shorts that cover the knees. I think, you know, that's one thing that, no, bodybuilding really got me into wearing, like, I I became very comfortable wearing shorter shorts because in high school, I I would be the guy who was wearing basketball shorts, like, past the knees. But once my quads grew, I was like, I need to show these things off.
1: Yeah, that's barely hitting me now. Like <laughs> I've like, always wear baggy shorts all the time. Look at how efficient he is at squatting. Yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. Man, and good hair.
0: Yeah, he that's he trained bullshit. like an absolute lunatic. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have ever seen videos of him like working with other people, training them. He just kills everybody. <laughs> it looks it looks brutal. <laughs> yeah, he's really Whoa. into uh, just. Really just digging in deep, you know, and, and going deep into your mind and being able to get those extra reps. Mm-hmm. That other, he, You know, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, you, you always have one left. You know, you could always pump out another rep. He'd say five reps. Yeah, because you probably can't
2: pump out those five. He's
0: like, there's always room to do five more reps.
2: I think, you know, that's another thing, though. You know, um, after training for some time, like you will really be able to figure out like where your, your actual limits lie. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you, and it's not like you want to test this all the time, but when you think you have one rep left in a set? You probably have like maybe five and you're just thinking like you're, you're not, I guess you're not comfortable with that fatigue level, mm-hmm. you know? So that's, that's one huge thing. I guess just takes time to develop figuring out where your end range is.
0: Yeah. And thinking about like somebody else just went and, and did that for a set of 10, you know, and then set yourself up to. To really believe that you're going to get a set of 10, too. Mm-hmm. Just pretend that you just saw somebody just do that. Yeah. Um, or somebody just did, like, let's say you're, you're like, all right, I'm going to do, I'm going to do like five reps this. Just pretend that you just saw someone do six. Mm-hmm. And now maybe you'll get seven. You know, it's, uh, it, I mean, it's, it's a big deal when you have someone that encourages you or someone that spots you. But we see it happen in here quite a bit. You know, someone like uh, Ryan Spencer might be in here on a Friday morning squatting. And as I'm walking in, he's already got some good weight on there. It's yeah. 5 a.m. He's got like 4:55 on there, and he's uh, squatting for some reps. He doesn't have a spotter, <laughs> but if I'm like, "Hey, Ryan, let's go," you know, and in a the second he starts going. It's like, okay, now he's moving a little faster,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and that kind of gives you an idea. Like, yeah, there's always there's always a little more
2: there. If you play like if you've played any type of sport, you kind of know this, and you know, like it's it's funny when you know, let's say your coach has you doing something for three minutes. At the last 30 seconds of those three minutes, you start feeling like crap. But then your coach again says, oh, let's go for one more, two more minutes. Then for some reason, you find another battery. Like it's just like mm-hmm. you, you keep, you can go for another two minutes. And at the last 10 seconds or 15 seconds of that two minutes, you start to just peter out. And it's happened before that. Then another set another happens, but then you, you managed to, for some reason, be able it. to get through it again. So why couldn't you just get through that whole first three minutes? You know? Don't know. But
1: yeah, I wanted, I was, I really wanted to mess with uh, Chris Bell. Because no matter what we were doing on the bench, the last rep, because he's, he's got, you know, torn up triceps and everything, pecs and all that. So he always, the last rep is always like, ah, take it, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, uh, let's go for four reps because we we're doing sets of three. Mm-hmm. Like Let's just go for four. Well, I don't think he heard me, but yeah. still, because it was like, no matter what the last rep was, that was going to be the rep where he couldn't lock it out. Same. Yeah, man. So like, yeah. It's wild. Yeah, but
0: I feel it. It's hard, man. You got. It's like when you're doing it, you think that you can't do any more. And if you watch like a video, you're like, "That sucked." I could. I, videos are really bad because even uh, even if it even if you shake a lot and like barely get through the rep, you don't see that that well on video mm-hmm. for some reason. It doesn't show up the same. And so you look at it, you're like, "I could have done way more mm-hmm. than that." You're like, "Why'd I put
2: it back in the rack?" <laughs> get exposed.
0: But you know, also, I, I mean, I don't like um i do enough work in my workouts to where it's really rare that i'm really pushing myself to like extreme failure it it just depends it depends on the movement um but like in a squat it's really rare for me to push myself in a squat to like total failure um i might do it on a leg press where i'm like not sure if i can push the weight back up again um we did a little bit of that also with the belt squat the other day mm. like where you're like mm, my legs are like really fatigued i don't know if i'm gonna be a stand up again and then i don't know how everyone's gonna help me out of this
1: position uh-huh. if i get stuck i don't know yeah. what's gonna happen yeah that hit me really hard my right quad for some like it just i'm like do like come on like sh-. i try to shake it out and it wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't go i'm like nope let's go and then jess actually pulled like some weight off so i keep going all right cool we're good we're good and then like fuck i can't stand up yeah. i get up just luckily i you know being a l- little bit taller like I i was able to like not fully lock it out and still push the uh, whatever the bar back in. So I didn't have mm-hmm. to, but dude, that was really scary.
2: I think that's one super big, sketchy. <laughs> yeah. I think that's one big concept of why, like, of course we can see that athletes, they're athletes in every sport that are in really good shape. But I think that's why a lot of CrossFitters are in ultra good shape because if you look at the nature of mm-hmm. almost all of the kind of workouts they do, it's like you are at death's mm-hmm. door. For <laughs> almost every <laughs> single workout you don't do that much in bodybuilding. You don't do that much in powerlifting, you know, but in CrossFit, you're there and you get used to being there. That's one thing that's crazy. You get used to being in that just disgusting state. Jess, that's sitting right here. She knows what that's mm-hmm. like because she did rowing like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She mm-hmm. she She's going
2: to that place right now. It's hell. So I think that's why they just end up in such ridiculous shape. Mm-hmm. They're just used to yeah,
1: Jess that. was showing us pictures of her hands back in the day. <laughs> Whoo, She grizzled. she, she went through some work, man. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, Smokey walked in, so we can stop talking about him. All right.
2: We should talk about him more. Uh he's a handsome man. Talk I actually like what much. he's wearing today. His um, his <laughs> coat's nice. His watch is nice, and his beard is always nice, oily, straight, and not nappy. So. <laughs> not nappy yeah oh. he doesn't have naps in there he brushes it all out you can tell you could run your fingers through his beard and not catch a single hair that's tried? how yeah, i w- want to but he just won't let me you'll catch some probably well, like, some rice or something though i've seen that Ah, maybe a rice or a piece of ground it's, beef here and there but yeah it's still you know it's still clean get a little bit of food.
0: food out of there <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway i think we're fucking done here yeah, i think so <laughs> <laughs> you got anything else to say uh just appreciate the sponsors of course like always
0: mm-hmm.
2: yep those quest donut bars all the proteins and the sprinkles i think remember guys i still need to do this myself but mark talked about cutting up the or warming the quest bar up then cutting it up or cutting it up then warming it up cutting it up and snorting it <laughs> that's where i'm at with these quest bars right now all right, so I think you well,
0: so you can you cut them up and you stick them in the microwave. You can you can do it either way. You can put them in the microwave first or cut them up afterwards. But they're ah. amazing. But you can't do it with this uh, with, with the, the hero bar. No, oh. well you can't do it with any of the ones that have like a coating on them. Mm. Um, you could do it with like the cookie dough one. But yeah, you, uh, throw it in the microwave for ten seconds or so. Yeah.
1: How did you really come good. to finding this out? Like cause that's Ron Penna. Really? Oh, mm-hmm. well, yeah. never mind. Yeah, Ron Penna. who
0: knows how he figured yeah. it out, but. he uh, he told mm-hmm. me to like wrap it in like a wet napkin and then, mm-hmm. you know, stick it in the microwave. Got it. Okay. Well, if you guys want I don't know if- how he discovered it.
1: Yeah. If you guys want to give it a go, uh, head over to questnutrition.com at checkout enter promo code marksquest for 20% off your order. Um I eventually Mark will let me have another quest bar right now. Cause I'm really trying to be uh drastic with my changes in my body. So I'm not having any kind of sweet or any You're going kind of a lot of changes and lots of changes. But the second I am allowed a quest bar, I'm going to give that a go, mm-hmm. but it's funny how, so quest bar gets heated, but the perfect keto bar gets cold. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It has to be put in the fridge. Yeah. It doesn't, I mean, yeah, it tastes you don't better you have to put it in the fridge but yeah. it is way more enjoyable yes it is I wonder what that's all about how did you learn that you just did it one day I'm just fat well I mean yeah, yeah. I, you don't want I a, used fat science you don't want a skinny cook yeah. Or, yeah
0: yeah, and a fat trainer all the bars just have fat in them so I figured <laughs> if I stick them in the fridge maybe it will all come together and yeah you know, be re- really good so
2: use those fat yeah. habits for good not mm-hmm. evil
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, use a fat, I like that um Anyway, yeah, it was delicious. The cookie dough was my favorite. I know you guys like that cinnamon roll. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I'm back on cinnamon roll again. Mm. I think it's just because it again, this one. is nostalgia. Though I can't, mm. I can't touch them right now. But the uh, the vanilla was it the keto or ketone base or no MCT oil powder? Yeah, that was my shit. That's really good.
2: Yeah, it's it's. it's oh, I love it. It's I I like it better than the chocolate. I have yet to try the salted caramel, but I will try that tomorrow in the AM. Yeah,
0: we got to try that one. Yeah, I know. I've had the salted caramel mm-hmm. uh, collagen, but not the MCT powder yet. Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm, I'm with you though. And see, my, I'm I'm on team vanilla. Wait, uh, when it comes to the for the powder, powder MCT yes. oil powder. Yes. Yeah.
0: Anyone who's messing around with some fasting, sometimes it's tough to make it through a fast. So you might want to. Throw some MCT oil powder in your coffee. Uh, I blend it up with that little little blender thingy that I have that I showed you guys some videos of. The ah, tantalizer. The tantalizer. It, the tantalizer. Makes, <laughs> makes, it uh, makes it a little easier, but you could just throw it in like a shaker cup or you can blend it with a spoon. It'll mix up uh, pretty good that way as well. And then also there they have uh, ketones, actual ketones. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you looking for like a little energy boost or looking to be less hungry during your fast, you can give that a
1: shot. Yeah. If you guys want to give that a go, head over to perfectketo.com slash power project. You'll see our favorites. I like, talk about the nootropic all the time because I love it. Um, enter promo code powerproject at checkout for 15% off your entire order.
0: We talked a lot about getting strong. We talked a lot about getting jacked and tan. And uh, the only way you're going to do it is to be is to have a good diet in place, you know, and these products help you help you do that, and certainly Piedmontese will help you do that as well. They got some really tender meat that is really lean, and I suggest you all give it a shot. I like the flat iron steak. I like the ribeyes. I like the uh, filet as well, and uh, recently they've been sending, uh, what's that stuff called again? A dynasty, dynasty package, like, right? Dynasty package. Yeah, yeah, that shit was really good. They uh, also have a lot of grass-fed beef. You're going to want to check that out. What is uh,
2: Grass-finished? Yeah, what is grass-finished? Yeah. I'm still actually very curious about that. I know so it's delicious. Supposedly but, yeah. all
0: cows are grass-fed. Hmm. But uh, grass-fed and continue continuing being grass-fed is uh, not a practice that people use traditionally. That's they, they use grass and then they switch to grain. And then a lot of cows are grass-fed and then they are grain-finished. And that's usually what gives the marbling and and Mm. still has a good flavor, Mm -hmm. because a lot of times grass fed beef doesn't really taste that good, Mm. or it just tastes different to you. It might almost taste like gamey, for some people. Mm -hmm. Um, But I haven't noticed the difference with the Piedmontese. It tastes really fucking good, just as tender. I like only notice it after I look at like the label. I'm like, oh, this Mm -hmm. is a grass fed one. So yeah,
1: the uh, I'm a fan of the Flat Iron, but I think the New York New York Strip. Is gonna take over, especially because it is leaner. New York steak of mine,
2: hmm. Something like ah, that. Ah, oh. You, oh. come on, Andrew. I, I don't know, um. Andrew. Did you just not? You're a Nas fan, bro. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're kidding, right? He's looking at us
1: like a dog, like he did the side head tilt, like
2: he didn't even react to that. He did that, <laughs> <"Do> you, you <laughs> get <laughs> it, <laughs> it <laughs> right? It,
1: it legit took me longer than it took you.
2: Oh my god how? Oh, it's the I diet. Think I, uh, it's no, the
1: diet. Is it already happening? Is that why I didn't it didn't work last night? <laughs> oh. Or is that different? That's something sorry. else? Yeah,
2: I guess that's something else.
1: Use the tantalizer. <laughs> <laughs> Just
2: use that. <laughs> not the one not the
0: one from work. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Is that heavy cream on there? <laughs> oh. 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 Alright, I took it too far. Weak. I took it too far. <laughs> I took
1: it too far. <laughs> 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 Oh my gosh, we're idiots. Oh, we,
2: need a, we need a machine, but we need that. Oh, we need soundboard, that. yeah, soundboard. We need okay, a soundboard. That was can't cool. afford
1: that. All right, if if you guys are older than twelve and more mature, head over to Piedmontese That's p i e d m o n t e s e dot com. Enter promo code Power Project at checkout for twenty five percent off your order. If your order is ninety nine dollars and above, you get free two day shipping. Highly recommend the ribeye uh grass fed grass finished that shit's insane it is
2: yeah
0: i'm at mark smelly bell where can people find you in sema
2: oh at in sema n-s-i-m-a-i-n-y-a-n-g on instagram and youtube where can mm.
0: people find you andrew instagram at i am andrew z strength is never a weakness weakness never a strength catch y'all later